0: Thank you. and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Hey, this is Sabrina Monarch of monarchastrology.com and Magic of the Spheres podcast, and I'm bringing you an astrology forecast for April 13th to 19th, 2023. We are in eclipse season. We have our first of two upcoming eclipses happening April 19th. So we will be getting into that in this episode, this missive. So we also have asteroid Vesta participating in this eclipse. Um, she enters Taurus this week. We'll square Pluto and Capricorn, Pluto and Aquarius. have to get used to saying that, sorry. Um, and then we have Venus and Gemini squaring Saturn in Pisces. Right? And Vesta, soon after she enters Taurus, she's getting real close to a conjunction to the North Node, um, which is where our eclipse will happen around. So a general read before we get into more detail is this. There's a desire to grow and become or embody something that already lives inside of us and is ours to remember. It may not be the first idea that we can mentally grab at. I think there may be some kind of urgency or kind of internal pressure to figure it out, right? What's my purpose? Or, like, what am I gonna do? What action am I gonna take? But there's a thread here to something deeper. For cultivating our availability to this becoming that we're subtly or obviously itching to achieve. We're pointed to the creative potency of our inner world and inner life. The way we are vibrating, if you will. Our side of the as within, so without maxim. So I will be breaking that down by transit. Um, but first, I want to just share a few announcements is that I do have astrology reading bookings available for April. I'm offering astrology or evolutionary fusion readings. So this is combining my decade plus specialty in evolutionary astrology, which focuses on Pluto and the lunar nodes to gain a portrait of the soul's life. Um, And then I'm also adding in some Hellenistic thought from more recent studies in the last few years, Greek myths and minor asteroids. And then the session it's 75 minutes ends with um, some Akashic channeling or EFT tapping, or personalized visualization um, for integration, depending on what came up in the session. And I'm also offering um, longer-term mentorship, coaching, 6 to 12 months. Um, If you want to know more about that or inquire, you can send me an email, sabrina at monarchastrology.com. So let's get into our week in more detail. I read from my notes. You can read the forecast and written version at monarchastrology.com, but I also hop onto YouTube and the podcast to um, read it out loud and share some more thoughts um, as I go. So starting out April 13th, um, we have a last quarter moon in 23 degrees of Capricorn at 2.11 a.m. Pacific. And for this um, last quarter moon, I was inspired to bring in the tarot decans. We have um, each sign is divided in three. Um, Ten degrees makes a decan, and each decan is associated with a tarot card. Um, and so for the last decan of Capricorn, where the moon will be, we have the four... Oh, is it not going to let me show you this? Wow, okay. Well, you see what I'm trying to show you is this man gripping on to his resources with the four of pentacles and then the four of wands which associates with aries wait for it oh i did not anticipate these technical difficulties Um, is a celebratory card so taking that into account um, and putting that together with the themes of capricorn and aries for this last quarter moon what was coming through was that there could be a mood of restraint and withholding with the moon in Capricorn to be mindful of. This placement does bring sobriety and the skill of cutting excess, right? So it's a side of us that um, doesn't want to engage in excess drama or doesn't want to spend extra money or doesn't want to encourage or share affection to others you know, lest we encourage them too much, you know, they need to stay in shape. So let's be tough. You know, <laughs> like it's that overall attitude of like, why are we withholding energy? And energy can take the form of um, finances, um, our time, our emotional affection, um, any of these things that you can imagine as an expenditure of energy. Um Versus the four of wands where Aries is um, the third decan of the sun and Aries is something about, you know, celebration, success, prosperity, and happiness. And so thinking about the tensions between this kind of abundance of celebration and prosperity versus where we're holding on and clinging on to our resources and energy. um, And that there could be some important readjustments right now. Um, as to how we're configuring that process, right? Becoming maybe more generous or leaning into abundance, recognizing where there is a flow of energy that will support us, um, support our expression of giving, and also replenish us in the greater flow of exchange. I find it, you know, when I, um, you know, I'm a like an entrepreneur, basically. Like, I don't have, like, an employer and, like, a steady... um, Like paycheck, like my income or my um, business just is a flow. And I always find it really interesting that when I pour myself into answering emails or studying and like putting my energy toward my business in some abstract way, that my um, email inbox lights up with someone wanting to work with me or like um, a booking comes through or something like that. And I think also, you know, leaning into maybe places where, you know, we just have this belief of like, oh, I don't have the energy for this. I don't have the time for this. And what if we kind of press the, like, push the envelope on that one? Um, And then, likewise, sometimes there is a form of restraint that feels necessary or expansive because it's aligned and it's caring um, and it's intentional and not coming from a fear-based or gripping type of place. So general invite for the last quarter moon in Capricorn is just to think about how our current practices of restraint and withholding our energy is maybe not serving us and that we can lean into um, generosity and um, versus where it feels like no this is like a grounded responsible caring loving choice and it feels good Um, another thing i'll just share too um a lot of times as i'm i'm writing about the the transits i'm also reflecting on my own process and what's coming up in my world and i like to share that also just for the sake of storytelling and bringing things in but um I am going back into a practice of cultivating joy and elevating my baseline state. So I did this in a more um, diligent, long-term way some years back and um, basically just had a discipline of not going on the mental train ride or like the neural pathway loops of habitual or chronic depression. And I would like raise my vibration following like law of attraction teachings and whatnot and i was just seeing like how much i could stoke this fire and maintain this fire of happiness for no reason um to just create it internally and see how that might change my life and when i was thinking about these two cards like the celebration energy of the four of wands versus the kind of like withholding and holding on with four of pentacles um I was thinking about how i'm currently in this experiment of every morning when i wake up as soon as i remember this practice deciding that it's going to be like an amazing or an extraordinary day like simple you know and then like starting to get excited even if i may not have anything planned that would validate that belief right so it's moving from an internal orientation or internal state as opposed to what's happening outside um and i even think like that little kind of like enthusiasm and excitement isn't necessarily my normal resting state or what i've conditioned like in my normal resting state i'm just chill you know i'm like taurus moon i'm just kind of like you know i have my moods and ups and downs and whatever but i can just kind of be like chill right and grounded and to start the day being like this is like Today's going to be epic. It's going to be extraordinary. It's like a a spending of energy that maybe I didn't think I had to spend. Um, but what I'm noticing is that it challenges the subtle or unconscious belief that it's just going to be like a, a normal, basic day. Um, and so I think while this may be like a little bit of a stretch in terms of I'm talking about spiritual resources or beliefs or what we anticipate, um thinking about this last quarter moon in capricorn got me to think about yeah like where can i be more generous even with my expectations of what um what's possible in my reality um and then april 14th we have venus in 4 degrees of gemini square saturn in 4 degrees of pisces at 9:38 a.m. pacific so just generally on venus saturn That can bring up themes around, you know, how we're working on our aesthetic or our art, um, how we're working on relationships and where we feel blocks, obstacles, walls in that, right? And how we work with those obstacles and refine and bring into greater material existence our values or our love relationship kind of Venusian desires, and then Saturn, now in Pisces, is representing a greater process playing out for us around establishing our dreams and visions. Right? Pisces being this imaginative, dreamy sign. And Saturn being a principle of reality. Um, I've talked more about this um, placement on this channel, um, Saturn and Pisces, maturing the dream. Um, perhaps I'll link that in the, at the end of the video. Um, But we may be dreaming up possibility in the places we previously only felt walls or obstacles, or our dreams simply reached a limit, right? Like it could be um, if you're kind of in a holding pattern in your life, and you maybe have already achieved the things that you set out to achieve. um, Like, congratulations, if that's the case, and then you're kind of in this space of like, well, what's next? What do I desire? You know, and like, reaching i guess for the next dream not trying to force it or make one up just because but like what's the real dream right or we're in like a ongoing like you know we're trying to change a major condition of our life and it requires vision to see that something else might be possible and to dream like this to dream about our lives in a bigger picture sense comes with inherent risk in that fruition of these dreams is not guaranteed. Um, So it really works the muscle of the heart and of our faith, right? It's to dream without being promised that it will be fulfilled. So I think there's an inherent vulnerability um, and risk in that. And then additionally, it also works us to become more discerning about which dreams veer into addiction and delusion versus which dreams are serving life. Right. And because we don't always get to know, like dreaming is a long term process and the results manifest over time. When we first start kindling a dream, sometimes we're not really sure, like, is this realistic? Is this possible? Um, And that's another part of the, I think, inherent vulnerability of this placement. The first quarter square um, in general represents a impetus to take action and there might be some fear or resistance around moving forward. Um, And it's about taking action that reflects the emergent impulses related to any given cycle between two planets. And so between Saturn and Venus, the theme is generally maturing our relational and love nature and materializing the desires of the heart, right? So it's like we've been thinking about it. We've been feeling maybe what's missing, what's lacking, what needs improvement, what we want. And what's a, a necessary or relevant action unfolding at this juncture? <clears throat> Venus and Gemini square Saturn and Pisces could point to a juncture of entertaining ideas or doing things for fun that feel somewhat random, like maybe we can't see how they fit into the bigger picture, or our expressions of pathways in our consciousness that we don't habitually tread. Right, Part of Gemini's Magic is really about taking a fork in the road, like instead of just going the normal pathway, being curious and being like, what about this? What about this? And that does create a diffusion of energy that people can become insecure about because they're like, why do I like so many things and I can't pick one to make my thing? You know, but on the other hand, having that kind of willingness to try all these different things does shake up stagnant energy. Um, And so we can have a judgment, Saturn, of things that feel out of character or off-brand because of a subtle sense that we have to be strictly coherent. But coherent to what, right? Much of that is an egoic identity or a conditioned identity, like I've had these habits and that's who I am, right? Not to mention that I could try all these other pathways and discover myself through all these different contexts. Having a random, delightful adventure that calls us into real spontaneity with life um, may not make sense as on brand in the moment, but it may set off a chain reaction of ideas, inspirations, and visions that meaningfully shape our trajectory. So in other words, I think this transit is an invitation to loosen up our sense of fun even though the gatekeeper judgment may appear, right? Or maybe we have a hard time like kind of surrendering and letting go to that and there's some layers to work through around that. Um, But when that comes up, this gatekeeper judgment or feeling like a little bit restricted, that is effectively a signal of being at an edge and perhaps it's an edge that we wish to expand Right? This could also be about thinking about Pisces and um, Saturn in Pisces and Venus in Gemini. It could be the work that we're doing to have more compassion, Saturn in Pisces, for other viewpoints, Venus in Gemini, right? Or maybe holding multiple viewpoints that actually contradict each other. Um, and what it means to actually deepen our capacity to listen and understand um, with compassion and and dissolving some of the judgment um, that we might feel toward other people or ourselves and then um, april 15th vesta enters taurus at nine fifty eight a.m pacific and this asteroid will stay in taurus until june 22nd so book suggestion if you want to learn more about the asteroids um mean there's actually so many there's thousands and thousands of asteroids but there are some asteroids that are more commonly used in astrology Um, asteroid goddesses by Dimitra George is a great text and she does get into Vesta Um, Vesta is also a love of mine I have her tattooed on me Um, I've done some research on her um, and the way um, the way she shows up is really magical she's essentially a Um, I won't get into all the myths and go deep into it, but she relates to sacred space um, and is a priestess kind of archetype, and as well as devotion, um, she really focuses, but she also creates like a unique frequency, right? So if you go into a temple, um, it has an energy, right? It has like a kind of rarefied air, that is made possible because of the iconography and the, um, the prayer space around it and the um, altars and whatnot. And you can go into a temple like a, a Christian church. You can go into a Jewish temple. You can go into um, one of the temples to the gods in Athens, Greece. Um, Right. And you can also create a vibe in your home. Right. Your home might have like a, an air and energy to it. You can also create a vibe in your own being, like you are the priest or priestess um, of a particular energy that you're allowing to flow through your body. Right. Especially with Taurus, it's so embodied. Um, and then to back up a little bit, just a little. Thing about these asteroids, a lot of the asteroids that we work with are in between uh, Mars and Jupiter. They're part of an asteroid belt. And Dimitra George explains that the asteroid's location between Mars and Jupiter, um, given that you know Venus, Mercury, Mars are personal planets, they relate to us, and Jupiter and Saturn are collective planets, they relate to um, social trends and consensus reality and whatnot. And so this location of the asteroids between Mars and Jupiter, um, quote, forms a physical and spiritual bridge that links the personal to the social and collective. So inside of that, these archetypes, um, if you are someone that likes to connect with deities um, directly, you um, I've found that these asteroid archetypes in between Mars and Jupiter are very receptive to connection and that they also bring a connection between something that's personal and allow it to be more um, collective. So if you're you know, wanting to um, be more successful in your career, for example, It's this link between your personal skill sets and capacities and like the personal, like what's happening in your life and how you're received by others and the opportunities that you come into contact with or that are offered to you. And so if we think about that in light with Vesta, an archetype that's essentially about ceremony and devotion, sacred space, priestess work... Um, Vesta and Taurus could relate to how we cultivate and tend to our inner sanctum, how we cultivate particular frequencies or experiences in our inner life, right? So the one that's really up for me right now is that joy practice and like cultivating um, just a lot more happiness and excitement running through my body, right? And I, I explained my baseline is pretty chill, um, but so cultivating like a steady flow of more um, excitement and happiness is something that Um, does radically change my life and it gets lit. Um, It really does. But another one you could do is like um, pleasure, like becoming more receptive to um, pleasure and enjoyment, which sounds like fun, right? But we do have walls and these kind of like blocks or things that come up around receiving pleasure. And so a person that's tending to the ceremony of having a more pleasurable life is going to be working with those things alchemically. Um, You could also... You know, those are two maybe like common um, frequencies that maybe you would want to develop with Vesta and Taurus, but it can become ever more nuanced or personalized. But it's essentially that you are um, creating practice and devotion and focus. um, And you're also maybe in service to that um, energy, right? I think of, you know, someone like an esthetician is constantly in service to helping people with their appearance right they know all the beauty trends they understand these things and so um it's like that's what they're serving and that's what's coming through their channel Um, and they have that gift to share with others Um, with astrology you know i'm constantly in devotion and in service with astrology and so um the planets speak to me because i effectively like have created that receptivity to hear them Um, another person that say um, does like magic with the animal world and maybe like is the kind of person you know I met someone who um, years back I'm trying to like she would make art with like found um, like animal things like bones and whatnot And she'd be walking through the woods and she just had this like regular practice of making art with like found animal material. Um, She didn't like hunt it. Um, But like whole like recently passed away deer would be like in her path in the forest. And it's like it came to her because she was already making art with it and she's already in the ceremony with the animal bones and furs and whatnot. So... Um, yeah just encourage you to think about Vesta really creatively in that way it's like it's the the temple service that we're creating in our life Um, you know what are your methods for creating that and honing that frequency and then how does that um, create an aura or an energy around you um, that either you know that you could also invite people into as you choose to as you choose to to make it an offering Um, so Vesta in the internal self-possessed sign of Taurus could be a mirror, um, sorry, a reminder to cultivate our inner landscape with that, which we otherwise seek to subtly, you know, seek or subtly expect to come from the outside. Um, Taurus is so deeply concerned with like, what's mine? What's my essence? What do I feel like? What's my home frequency? And it's there's things about other people or other spaces that really attract us and we like we want it you know we want to be in that energy and there's that's beautiful there's a, a space for that but sometimes it can go a certain level deeper of like but what in me is it awakening and touching right um and how can i cultivate that or like for me with this happiness practice um part of the experiment is like Um, I've had like a series of really important spiritual visions that are um, informing it that are basically like, what if instead of reflecting the sunlight, the happiness of, um, of other people or like people that are bringing the party or the party atmosphere, for example, what if you became it? Like, what if you radiate it from the inside so that you don't have to reflect it simply or respond to it simply, but you become it? Um, and I think it really kind of, it turns little unconscious expectations on its head of like, oh, if this thing happened, then I would be happy. If I have this or obtain this life circumstance, then I'll be happy. It's like, no, like just create it from inside. And I think Vesta and Taurus is really that, like, what is that thing that you, you are, that is your essence, that's, that's inside. Um, So many teachings, for example, about manifestation or law of attraction work with the idea that our external life in part, right, it's not like a complete, like, I create everything omnipotently, but our external circumstances are in part a reflection of our internal life. And that rather than simply being reactive to what life presents to us, that what comes our way, um, what if we generate an emotional state on purpose and then allow over time life to mirror that cultivated state back to us right that's a principle of creation creating our reality um so i've already talked to you about my joy practice but that's that's a lot of what is inspiring this these thoughts right now Um, but it is super connected to this transit i believe Um, And part of the way I see this in line with Vesta and Taurus is that this practice is my internal personal ceremony, right? And you have your own or something that might be brewing or starting within you. Um, And I believe it affects how I interface with the world, but also how the world interfaces with me. Vesta and Taurus is a supportive transit for creating more ceremony, ritual, intention, practice, and devotion around our personal embodiment our relationship to reception say of resource or love um, capacity to feel sensation and pleasure and we'll get into that a bit deeper now with april 16th vesta and zero degrees of taurus will square pluto at zero degrees of aquarius 2:14 14 a.m pacific right we had this very recent ingress of pluto into aquarius and so vesta entering a fixed sign is going to immediately create that aspect. Um, Once we have an experiment or an intention of something that we're ceremonially, ceremonially cultivating with Vesta and Taurus, it both opens up new pathways of consciousness, Aquarius, or reveals to us the programs of consciousness that have us stuck, right? Like not as free as we could be. For example, at the threshold of feeling really amazing, Um, and getting lost and enjoying pleasure or fun, a person might start to remember everything they feel guilty about um, and starts to haunt them, you know, that thus is why they don't deserve to feel these enjoyable things. That pattern is extremely normal and often operates at a subconscious level, right? It's subconsciously part of the programming that blocks us from Um, being more connected to what we really want. But when we're directly challenging these subconscious or psychological programs because we are allowing ourselves to cultivate enjoyment and lean into enjoyment, then we have opened up a space of ceremonial alchemy. Right. And I'm just saying this to bring attention to it because without the conscious awareness of it, it's like, oh, I'm enjoying something, but now my consciousness is like having like a, a response of like, no, and like bringing in this kind of contrary, like guilt or shame. Um, but when we see that that's just a systems way that this works, then it's not so personal, right? It's just um, part of the terrain and the more that we connect to ourselves and root and ground or cultivate the chosen frequency Vesta and Taurus the easier it becomes to shed programs of thought that we've inherited from culture or from um, personal traumas right so like um, this shows up in love and like in matters of the heart right where like um, if you know as we've suffered some disappointments heartbreaks betrayals traumas etc in love um then when we are in the position of falling in love again we meet those gates um, of the place where now we have a defense or guard right and part of the process of then opening into that um deeper experience of receiving love is like clearing being with healing moving whatever those layers are Um, and that happens you know falling in love is an external like uh, like a Libra side of Venus like a mirror Taurus where we have Vesta is going to be just like how luscious how present how um, embodied how sensual how receptive right how how much can you enjoy how all of these things can you be Um, and then yeah the deep psychosomatic psychospiritual um, chambers of our inner life that we move through inside of that deepening of sensuality and enjoyment of life. And so with all of this in mind, then April 19th, we have a new moon eclipse in 29 degrees of Aries at 9.13 p.m. Pacific and Vesta in Taurus, who we've been talking so much about, will be conjunct the lunar north node in Taurus as well as the lunation. We'll have like Aries uh, sun and moon at 29 degrees, Vesta at 2 Taurus, and um the north node at four so they're all lined up together and so while normal new moons can be times of planting intentions eclipses eclipse lunations tend to reveal something from a deeper soul layer octave so it's less about choosing our will and manifesting it um, in some ways and more about like what's the thing that's coming through so I'm not saying we can't have intentions or intentionality but there's like a a thread or like a deeper pulse that tends to show itself um even like the joy practice for me is like yes like i'm involving my will but it's coming from a deeper series of like visions that have rattled me and like shown themselves to me um eclipses can be a time where deeper material within eclipses are more superficial personality layer so it's Quite full of intrigue, um, but also people have freakouts. Um, it's confronting. With that, it can be important to not be reactive or freak out, essentially, um, about some of the material that comes up, as often it makes an appearance and then goes away and does not need to be latched onto and perpetuated. This isn't the case for everything, but for example, a big fear about a relationship could come through and it could be necessary to feel that and process that material um, and allow it to settle, right? Allow the ceremony of it rather than take large actions related to those fears and from a state of fear. Um, During eclipse season, people in general can be reactive um, and this was... um, Advice I got a long time ago from Rosie Finn, someone that I learned astrology with. Um, and she was telling me about this phenomenon of kind of like a wait and see approach to certain things during eclipses. Um, and I have taken that on, you know, like see like a kind of drama emerge and it's really hot for a moment. And that by not being super reactive and just like allowing the dust to settle first. Um, often the situation smooths out much faster than if in that hot moment of intensity and reactivity um, you know you add more to the fire Um, but also sometimes real and life altering inspirations come through um, eclipses they certainly do for me and that material can be provocative at a soul level calling us deeper into the adventure and initiations of this life right like um Sometimes people meet someone and start relationships or you get this impulse to move or to travel or um, to start a new venture or to end one. Like big things can happen during eclipses. And what we're really looking for is just tapping into what's the deeper thread that's wanting to move through, not trying so much to be on a superficial layer of control um, and manifesting like a particular, like this is the outcome that I want. Um, And in that, you know, wrestling with this much deeper force of like desire and destiny and transformation that's rippling through eclipse season. So it's about um, surrendering and leaning into that deeper thread as much as we can. And being able to tell the difference between when am I having like a strange like vision, like a little nightmare, like something is triggering me and I'm kind of freaked out and what is it like to like understand like what that's telling me about my deeper vulnerabilities and uh, the ways that I'm currently evolving and current challenges and to allow that to settle a little bit before um, going on the full wave of it right but also sometimes hearing that like deep message of like go do this adventure and then being like yes like there's something so confronting and like kind of scary about it but also it feels so true and so yeah i'm a yes i'm gonna go for this adventure yeah no one writes the rule book and says exactly what to do right and so i think that's also part of the soul um, evolution during eclipses is that um, it is kind of this window of of really being with how is my soul allying with my personality? Right? Like, how is the deeper thing that's meant for me in this life? How is my smaller self saying yes to the the call? Right? And where is that so such an eclipse moment? because it eclipses the personality or our comfort zone um, and whatnot. And then the combination of sun and moon at 29 degrees of Aries, Vesta and the North and Taurus could relate to themes that are showing up around personal destiny and personal embodiment, right? Aries being so, um, so ready to realize its greatness and its destiny. Um, Taurus being about like knowing really who we are and like having self-esteem and like appreciation for ourselves. Um, The north node is also very much about energy incoming, it's hungry. And so there might be a real hunger that's showing up around our desire for self-actualization, becoming more of who we are, more of what we feel we are capable of, more of that innate potential that we feel within. So I forgot to say at the beginning to please like this video. Um, Super helpful to do that. Um, It's like helping the algorithm fairies bring this message to more people. Um, So I deeply appreciate it when you like this video. Leave a comment, let me know what resonates with you um, and how you're doing. Uh, Subscribe to my channel, hit the notification bell so that you get notified when new videos come out. And I'm encouraging everyone to sign up for my mailing list. Um, because that's where I share the written versions over email of these forecasts, the links to the YouTube, but also my offers, um, courses that I'm teaching, my astrology books being open, and all of that. And I think it's the best way to stay in touch. So thank you so much for being here. I love you. I hope that you're having a beautiful eclipse season. Um, that you're feeling the wisdom of your inner self coming through, and.